Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 34-7 and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm quite sweaty. And every week we listen to great video game music of all consoles and all generations. We pick a topic, we pick some music, we pick some games, and we talk about it, we listen to it. And Pernell, I, I know you're sweaty. I'm very much. I can, I can smell you. Hey, hey, don't tell the listeners that. <laughs> I'm trying over here. Oh, uh, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just joshing with you. It's, it's nice to have you here anyway. Oh. Um, thank you for, for coming in. I want to just give a heads up to the listeners. I may be fading out towards the end of the show. I'm, don't worry, I'm still behind here on the controls. I'm going to keep things keep things running, but Pernell might be doing a bit more. That's all I can. <laughs> a little more uh, of a gabba gabba hey. A little, little yo gabba gabba. Um, let's see what else is going on. Anything we have um, our Patreon episodes coming up at the end of this month. Um, it's going to be the the Halloween episode, and the topic that came up in all the dialogue was traumatic gaming moments. Exactly, I think that's fantastic. So you know, um, <laughs> like the, you know, there's there's torture movies except video games. Oh yeah, you know, you're, you're you're strapped to a chair and you have to play Time Lord or, or that Superman 64 game. Yeah, have you ever played Mega Man to the point of getting a headache and throwing up? Oh wait, that was me. I, but oh, that would count. I did that with Sonic 3 as a kid, but I was sick. Ah. But that's that's why that's why I would do. I'm, Mega Man I'm made a, me sick. sick. <laughs> <laughs> Mega Man literally made me sick. Um, but without further ado, we got some nice friendly people on the line with us again this week. Another guest. We have uh, the members of the podcast Quad Pro Quo a movie weekly movie podcast with us we have matt and guido what's up guys hey how's it going doing okay doing okay over here we're okay how are you (laughs) more importantly (laughs) (laughs) oh man i can't complain i uh i saw my i saw my football well by football i mean my my soccer team for the our american listeners Saw my American team uh, win or soccer team win today, so that was fun. Cool. But, Any money get made off the deal? Any jingle? Uh, I wish. No, I I don't. My money folds into my pocket and into <laughs> my mortgage payments. It stays you know, there. Some people call it gambling. We just call it a meta game. That's know? right. <laughs> gaming makes that possible. <laughs> Keep gaming. No, my, my brother worked for a, a sports data company. That they, that's what they did. Um, all of their clients are mainly like in Europe and stuff because a lot of it's not so legal out here. Oh, oh. yeah, it's ridiculous seeing yeah. all those adverts for the for the European sports betting. It's mm. rid- yeah, it's great business. But yeah, but soccer is really is getting much bigger out here too. We're close to Philadelphia and the the Philadelphia Union, um, which they have a, a they have a new stadium in like the worst part of Pennsylvania. Is, it, is that PA or Delaware? Yeah. It's Pennsylvania. Ed- and I was it's very Pennsylvania. Sh- it's Chester. You don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, we drove by like there Jersey. the other day, and I was talking to Rob. I was like, oh, by the way, there's a national soccer stadium right there, and I'm pretty sure the residents are not happy about the fact that the money's not <laughs> flowing back yeah. to them like they were likely promised. Oh, my God. Um, but it's just this massive stadium in a very unexpected part of town. It's a cool-looking stadium, though, and if you're into soccer, I'm sure that's a cool thing, too. You know, And in the Philadelphia Union, maybe like maybe because it's in Chester, it's a great thing for them. Oh, yeah. like, they miss, do they have like uh, the soccer hooligan version of Gritty for their mascot? They should. <laughs> is, it just, is it just like a gun that walks around? That hey, hey, don't <laughs> give away free content ideas, man. We get paid for that stuff. Uh, I give it away. I give it all away. <laughs> so, um, tell us, tell us a bit about yourselves. Tell us a bit about your show. Um, you know, you guys are a movie podcast. We're a video game music podcast. Normally, we'd be rumbling, but um, today we are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, go. we're we're a movie podcast. We we this started off. It was it was a brainchild uh, between my my wife and I, 
which is this is going to be really fun like editing this for you because she's usually the brains behind it i just sit there and make fart jokes most of the time hey that's quality <laughs> content hey, don't, don't, don't front but but uh literally literally during the uh the covid lockdown we had this thing where it was like i pick a movie you pick a movie it's you make me watch hereditary I'm going to make you watch Suburban Commando. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who lost on the deal. Oh, there's nothing Well, close. I mean, I think they both lost. <laughs> Don't tell that I found, I found her I found Hereditary to be hilarious. Wow. Whereas, I was expecting that. Whereas whereas she thought Suburban Commando was a war crime. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh then fast forward, uh, we we moved from our, our house up in Phoenixville. We we moved down to uh, mm. Newark, Delaware. We live right what? next door to my Don't get two too much good details. Friends. I mean, because like, well, I'm just say, just to set just to set it up. Uh, uh, we decided we were going to expand upon this. Uh, where instead of two, you know, more is always better. We uh, instead of two people, we decided those pro four people. <laughs> I get to stumble over. Here. Yeah. Yeah, we do it with we do it with our neighbors. So it's another couple. We're kind of like a, a swinging movie podcast oh, when you man. think about it. Hey, <laughs> hey, love hey it. if it, it gets the job done, it makes things more exciting. As far <laughs> as I'm concerned, there's nothing to shake a stick at there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're so, all so yeah, all about the podcast yeah, like, lifestyles here. It's fine. <laughs> so literally, what we do is each week, one of mm-hmm. us will pick a movie that we really like, and we subject. Or we offer it to ah, the other three. Yeah. You see that, Rob? Oh, what? He said subject. I told you. Subject. <laughs> that is the proper word for this. No, I get, I mean, I get it. It just sounds aggressive. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can have a good movie, and you can have a, a movie or something. Oh, uh, right, well, uh, yeah. What are, what are I some mean, highlights, then? What are some, what are some highlights? What are some what are some, uh, well, what are some wieners? Uh, I mean, our first movie, which was uh, our inaugural episode, was... Return to Oz, which is the Wheelers. Sequel, the sequel to The Wizard of Oz, if you've never seen it. Yeah, when um, I was a kid. That I mean, and honestly, it's been so long, and that movie is so weird. I feel like I don't remember. Like, for the longest time, I didn't think it was real. I think that was like a dream, <laughs> was you know? A I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure the people that made it didn't think it was real <laughs> either. It was just... It was just a uh, a long bad trip if you get. Oh you get my gosh! Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be a kids movie. And it's got a room full of heads. Yeah, but like we did that. We did um we did old boy right after that. That's because we go all over the place. We right. went we went from Return to Oz to Old Boy, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you've seen that. It's this really crazy Korean flick. No, I've, just, uh, and then, I've heard good too. things about yeah, it yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, ne- never watch the remake. Never watch. Oh, the there remake, is a remake. Too. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love Spike Lee, but never watch the remake. Or Josh Brolin. <laughs> see, yeah, see, here's the thing about this. Th- like, okay, sorry. And then you skip, and then we went back. We we toned it down. We went to Big Fish, and then we we did Twin Sitters. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Oh, Twin Sitters. That was great. <laughs> the Twin best sitters, worst movie you've never seen. Yeah. Sounds- oh. That's the joy of having heard... a movie podcast. I mean, you're going <laughs> exactly. to be a lot of films you've never heard. So, so yeah, so many different opinions, so many different things. As you know, what's great and all that. I mean, it's it's just a lot of fun. Just like I'm sure you guys do. Here. Well, here's the thing about that. So, Rob and I, we've been doing this for quite a while, and we both come at this show with different video game backgrounds. So, essentially, the name is Rhythm and Pixels, and we it was. 
un- it was coincidentally yeah. set up in a way where Rob is rhythm and I'm pixels with the R and the P and the names and yada, yada, yada. But um, what that ends up meaning is that our dialogue when we have these episodes mm-hmm. kind of goes all over the place. Now, mm-hmm. one thing that I kind of think is interesting about your show is the fact that Rob knows I like talking about video games. I love discussing video games. Here's the rub, though. Video games aren't short. Even the shortest games <laughs> yeah. aren't short. So if I'm like, hey, Rob, here's this game I love. You should check it out so we can discuss it. Two years later, Rob gets halfway through the game, yeah. and he can finally discuss some parts without spoilers. Persona 5 was like 90 <laughs> hours for me. That's like a lifetime. Hey, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but by that same focus, though, for a movie podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. even as a guy like myself who's maybe not seen 95% of films out there, mm-hmm. um, you can go, hey, guys, let's talk about this film next week. Okay, cool. What's the name of the film? doesn't even matter what you name. You can name Lord of the Friggin' Rings. You only have to fit that one film in, yeah. make a make a block, and then you can talk mm-hmm. about it for an episode. Even if you've never seen it, you have no pre-context, doesn't matter. <laughs> Just sit down for an hour to three hours and watch the flick. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really cool thing to run with because yeah, films... It's, it's hard to get a full... A full picture of a video game if I'm just watching a long play on YouTube, which I have to do a lot of the times because mm-hmm. I don't have all the time to play some of these games. And today, I got some doozies of some like of some from the '90s, uh, but uh, but some other ones are pretty great. Uh, but I would do want to say like it's important to have the context of the media because you would imagine like with a, a movie soundtrack on its own without the context of the film and like the actors and the scenes, like it doesn't like maybe it's great music, but you kind of lose like with the purpose of it. Um, and with video game music, especially modern video game music, it's really important to have that context of the game, yes. of the setting, of the story, uh, to go along with that music. I think that's really important. Totally. Too. I, I, I often forget yeah. because I really gravitate towards some of the older older game music, mm-hmm. in which case, especially today's topic, which is movie tie-ins, where the game usually has nothing to do with the movie, and the music has nothing to do with what's ever happening in the game. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. Especially with some of these European composers, and a lot of Western composers that we actually have on the show today, um, like they were probably just out there just like, hey, this sounds banging. Let's put it in a game. <laughs> it's like, hell yeah. Um, and there's something that's going to be kind of yeah. cool about this topic that we chose, too, because... As Quad Pro Quo is a movie-based podcast, um, and again, as I mentioned before, movies and I don't get the, get along as the best as we could. It'll be interesting. It's a strange this, relationship. It's a very strange relationship. Right. <laughs> I try so hard, but the movies, they just keep coming. Um, but it'll be interesting to have a dialogue about the films, potentially, that these games yeah. are, these are based around or the other way around, because... I feel like in some respects, there's going to be a lot of holes being filled in <laughs> in regards to like, what the heck was this even about? I remember there was a guy who wrote in a car. And we kind of went, the, the, the topic, it, it looks like we all kind of went at it from different angles, like um, games mm. that were turned into movies and movies that were turned into that games. That were turned into games. And some guy that got drunk in an alley and just like <laughs> doodled a script on a cocktail napkin. That's, we got that too. That's called Earthworm Jim. <laughs> He's such a crew. And that was a great cartoon series. <laughs> um, but Okay, but before, like we have a little bit more time, tell us like uh, do you guys have like your your video game culture or your history especially with some of these movie tie-ins do you guys like have any fond memories are you playing anything right now uh currently right now um i'm on the ps5 and i literally like the last year and mostly because of the the tv show ted lasso i've gone like full-blown soccer hooligan much to the chagrin (laughs) of my co-host over here every time i come over there i'm talking about it and Uh. like I, I gotta, you know, my company gives me gift cards all the time, so I usually 
to my wife's chagrin, I use it to buy video games. So I'm like playing FIFA right now where I'm like, okay. yeah, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to play the team that how I think I should play it instead of how the actual manager does it. Mm -hmm. But um, also playing Sifu right now, which oh, oh, I've heard is, is oh, this is one of those games where I was just like, you know what? Life is too short. I can't do this on the medium mode anymore. I don't have time for it. I'm just going <laughs> I had to scale mode. it back. Oh. Yeah, it's because it's it's just arcade. It's not even arcade button mashing. You actually have to do the whole nuance of like, you know, up and down, up and down, triangle, triangle at the same time. Or now, if I remember or, correctly with that game, isn't a design where it's already hard to start. But as you die, yes. you come back a couple years older. So you're almost you're stronger, yes. but you die oh. quicker. I'm thinking of something. Yes, that is, that is exactly what it is. It is ridiculous like that. Yeah, okay, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I aged a decade in one hallway fight. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine the guys coming like, who is this guy? Why does he keep showing up with a deeper and <laughs> thicker so, beard? What is his it's deal? So weird. It's so weird. We just <laughs> killed him. <laughs> but uh, but I, I'm I'm kind of a. I, I'm kind of a lightweight when it comes to video games compared to uh, to compared to Guido here. He's definitely more of the experienced guy than I am. So, take it over to you, bud. Oh, dude. I... All right. So I got like hundreds and hundreds, of thousands of hours into into Diablo games. But mm -hmm. what I'm playing now is usually lots of Warzone. Um, but I'm really bloodthirsty on Warzone, so I'm not like a team player. So if I'm oh. not playing Warzone, I'm playing from software. Oh, you're a one-man army sort of guy. Yeah, oh my lone God. wolf son. Our group, our group chat was so ridiculous. I had to tell them all to get a different group chat when they wanted to talk about Warzone because it was mostly <laughs> yelling at him, saying, "Rita, you gotta stop going over there. We're trying to kill the people here." <laughs> Okay. But he's well, like, no, you know no, you know I gotta getting be the a kills? hero. It's time. Don't you hear the music? Okay. It is, it is killing me. I cannot remember the name of this game. It's, it's like where you, um, it's all taken, it's all based on like, like martial arts and you build your character with different martial arts moves and no one has a face. I think and Devolver no published it. I'm not remembering this game either and that's making me sad. I thought that was C4. Was it on the Wii? Um, hand to hand combat. Here we go. Got it. Absolver. I've never heard of Absolver. Um, yeah, uh, Absolver is. You know, I talked about how uh, the fighting um, in Sifu is like you really have to focus on like the counters and on the combo. counters, the parrying, and like where you are placed. Um, Absolver is all about that. It's it's like you're really it's like you're you're doing kung fu in the game. It's 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 fighting game mechanics and like kind of an open world uh, um, battle system. Um, Okay, how about this? Let's get into some music, and then we'll talk about some of these games and movies, and which ones succeeded, which ones maybe didn't, and <laughs> by which soundtracks were still you know worth listening to. Well, let me tell you, every track I pick, <laughs> it succeeds. My, oh my, I'm so excited! I, I I picked way more tracks than we could play on the show. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, guys from Quad Pro Quo, um, you guys had some tracks. Uh, which song would you like to start with? If you have the notes in front of you, do the doom. Oh, you want to do the. Well, we're gonna start. With, no, we're gonna start with the original original tracks, if you don't mind. Oh, the original oh, right, tracks right, right, right. first. Okay, yeah, we'll yeah. go with the uh, since it's the movie thing, and we're the movie guys. We'll we'll do the uh, the Aladdin one. Oh yeah, um, I think it's last step in or jump in. Yeah, it's called one jump ahead for the sake of Genesis. One jump ahead. Actually, we're gonna have a lot of Genesis music on today's show, which makes me very happy. And this one's by um, a fantastic American composer, Tommy Tallarico. 
Back. That, that was actually that was all of one jump ahead from the game Aladdin for the Sega Genesis. This is composed by Alan Menken for the movie and arranged for the Yamaha twenty six twelve by Tommy Tallarico. Um, that was awesome, actually, because I think it was like I've played this game to death. Like every Widener grandma talks about the SNES Aladdin, and I can understand why. That's the arcade Aladdin game, whereas this was more like. It's supposed to feel like a cinema video game. Oh, really? I thought this one, because this is the one you're running around with a sword and like there's a bunch of stuff that's going on. Yeah, but the Super Nintendo, you're like chucking apples. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's jumping, very ju- colorful. Oh, jumping on stuff. Hey. Um, yeah, two, two different games. I remember when they when they, when they they came out. I was, a, I was a Sega kid, so. You know, I was also a Sega kid, yeah. yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about with the difference between this and the SE. The SNES version. Right. Dude, the lava, as, like, the lava level from movie to video got. games, Scott. This was pretty good. I mean, a lot of the sprite work on both of these games are fantastic. I think they had maybe some animators um, or artists from Disney come over to to the production house. I forget who produced this one or developed this one for the for the Genesis. It's also worth noting that but there was really a recently uh, re-release of a number of like Genesis collection like Disney games right. that put on the Switch. And of the Latin games, they chose the Genesis one. Uh, interesting, interesting. Because I feel like yeah, the Super Nintendo one definitely got a lot of love. I remember um, going to a friend's house and playing it and just seeing how wildly different it was and how wildly different. But you know what played. the Super Nintendo didn't have that the Genesis did? 
a better Cave of Wonder stage. It did. That carpet ride was the stage. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Oh my God. The Cave yeah. of Wonder. I remember. Oh my God. I have such. I'm, I'm like having such flashbacks about that. Oh my God. Nostalgia bomb right now. That's what the show's about. It never. It, honestly, yeah, it, uh, as you should. I'm, like that track never left my mind. Like I still kind of hum it in my head every once in a while because I've died there so many times. <laughs> it was a really exactly. That's why I feel like that's why it's not a perfect exactly adaptation why from movie to game, but in the in the language of games of the 90s of platformers oh, it nailed and what it. we did I feel like it kind of like as a kid it's like oh these are all the scenes that I remember you know walking around the streets of Agrabah mm-hmm. uh, again the Cave of Wonders all that stuff like it felt like scenes from the movie well let's think about like this like a platformer it has to be because think of it like this right you saw we all saw Aladdin here this is one of the weird times where I think we've all seen the movie <laughs> that's being brought up there's gonna be a few like, oh yeah if you if you've never seen Aladdin um you should. Where have you been? We gotta get, gotta get you up the speed. Oh, wait, did, did you guys see that the uh, um, the remake with the um, with Will Smith, Big Willie style? No. Will no, Smith didn't. I'm sorry. To. I got kids. He, he was good. <sighs> I had to. I mean, I I don't have kids, so I'm like dodge uh, that bullet. I got, I got nieces and nephews. We watched that. <laughs> well, even I have even I have uh, like. Well, no, I guess I have his kids as like my nieces and nephews, yeah, you do. and and they're like, oh, we want to watch this, and I'm like, ask. Forget that. I'm I'm going back to my house and watching something else. <laughs> no nah, kids. Dude. You're watching the OG Aladdin is where it's at. I had that sounds like I a good a, uncle uh, right if there. If you go to your uncle's house, it's Kubrick all night long. I have a all night. And I was a, so a, I have Graham. a Sega <laughs> Genesis Nomad. He's getting played at my house. And that's what I use. Many nieces and nephews. Um, but like, nah, that's not true. What? Every a few times they've come over and they're like running around and they're saying like we want to watch Raya the Last Dragon or whatever it's oh, called yeah, and we're cool. like okay if it'll shut you I'll be honest shut up deep down you were also like you know Raya really was cool with those dragons yeah, I'm okay with I think, this. I think I'll watch that one where'd you think Uncle Matt it's a terrible movie <laughs> I hate her I hate it for you. Uh, so you have terrible taste in movies, children. <laughs> We're gonna go watch Das Boot right now. <laughs> so, um, a little bit about the about the Sega Genesis, which used a Yamaha FM synthesis chip inside of it. As, com- as it, at the time, the 16-bit wars compared to the, the Super Nintendo, which used sampled sound, very similar to the computer systems at the time. Um, so, because the Sega Genesis used like pure synthesis, the sounds that you would expect from certain instruments were never quite sounding like those instruments. But in the case of this song, where there's a lot of horns, I feel like it kind of works. And you know? there's a lot of charm to it, there's too, a lot because of charm. the song itself is recognizable, so your brain fills in a lot of it. It does, yeah, because the, the tune, like you know the tune, it's very lyrical. You were singing along I to it I was singing, yeah, like I um, sang yeah, the oh, song. But we're going to have some more. I was, I, was tr- I was doing my best to like listen to it, but I really just wanted to sit there and go, I I too have to live just gotta live to eat gotta still eat you know it's It's interesting though the the choice they made not to include any percussion it was very there's no rhythm to it it was just just the just the melody oh oh, the rhythm was there it was nice it was nice it it reminded me a bit of like Shining Force those kind of like sweeping um, pitch bends and stuff kind of like kind of emulate like a full orchestra and let's be real anything that reminds anyone of Shining Force is a good thing yeah isn't it weird that Aladdin for the Genesis reminds me of Shining Force I'll take it Um, Tommy Tallarico um, uh, big big Sega make a Shining Force movie big big Genesis uh, composer <laughs> of the day I think he's still still doing game game compositions to this day uh, most people will remember him from uh, Earthworm Jim he's such a goofy he's guy probably some other ones but uh, yeah, every time you say Earthworm Jim I want to follow with that <laughs> I want to go that was that one they need, to, they need to bring that back on like 
They're on the Disney Plus channel, they have all these like throwback. We were watching Gargoyles that one night. They should bring back Earthworm Jim. I don't know who owns the rights to Earthworm Jim, but I would love to rewatch that. That's super. I'm sure Disney will buy. I'm sure Disney will buy the rights to Earthworm Jim. Like eventually, they're listening to us right now. They will (laughs) scraping scraping the internet for ideas. Yeah, I've got like some malware on my computer that's listening to us record, and it's all going (laughs) being fed back to servers at Disney. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. Master Mickey. The next, the next nostalgia <laughs> is this. Let's go get it. Word uh, of a podcast referenced a worm from the earth named Jimothy. Yeah, there's enough crazy <laughs> stuff out there. Why not? All right, so our next track is coming from Purnell. Purnell, you've got some tracks that were games turned into movies, and then some movies turned into games, and then some one that's a little bit of both. Like, who the heck knows what it is? <laughs> yeah. So this is, I kind of feel like if I'm talking about movies on a podcast, I'm going to bring up this movie because I saw it probably more times in the theater than anything since the original Ninja Turtles film. Um, This is a track called Waterworld from the game Silent Hill Book of Memories, composed by David Licht.
Welcome back. You're listening to Waterworld from the game Silent Hill Book of Memories for the PS Vita, composed by David Licht. And no, Guido, that was not Waterworld, the movie that we were discussing. We were discussing the Silent Hill movie. Uh, so this one, <laughs> so this, so the last one was a, a movie turned into a game, and this one, game turned into movie. Yes, and admittedly, I did not choose a track from the game that the Silent Hill movie was based on. I did that intentionally because we've talked a lot about the Silent Hill 1 OST, and if you also know, Akira Yamaoka kind of does a thing where his is sometimes more atmospheric than audible, um, and it fits those games, but Book of Memories is a little different. Yeah. This was a game created for the Vita. It was back when the Vita was trying to get people to use like the back touch pad and all that mess. So instead of being a typical, you know, survive your horrors exploration adventure game, this was actually a, a top-down roguelike dungeon crawler Interesting. in the Silent Hill universe, which was pretty interesting to play. Though at the time, I wasn't too jazzed about it because I wanted a narrative, and what I got was the dungeon crawler. But going back and playing it now, it's a pretty decent game, actually. Can, do you, is it only available on the Vita? or Only on the Vita. Oh, man, that's a shame. Lost to a dead castle. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's tough. I also, have a, I also have a fun fact, at least about the Silent Hill movie. Oh, I'm I like deep. know that. Cause, because I never, because background on video games, like, uh, yeah, I played the Genesis. We played the Nintendo growing up, but then we kind of, like, skipped a few gaming generations. And I didn't get another console to like the PS3. I'm not gonna lie, so I missed a lot of the Silent Hill stuff. Mm-hmm. But I actually did go out on a first date, and we saw that movie. Wow! Now, did the, the first date know date. about Silent Hill too, or were neither of you aware of it? Aside from the neither of us were aware of it. I was like, yeah, I think it's a video game, and there's like a guy with a weird triangle head <laughs> and a scissor thing. Triangle. Don't forget that lady that loses her skin, yeah. carries a cleaver, and then, dirty and then hand. it's just like, and then I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm not getting a second date out of this. <laughs> hey, she. Hey, was, I assumed that you got. She had agency on agreeing right, to the right. choice. So if we're talking about like first dates, so um, my wife, I've been married. 18 years um our first date um she's just out we're both out just out of college and i took her out to see minority report with uh tom cruise and that's uh, actually yeah that was my second because we we did a spielberg month on uh on our podcast mm. i was thinking about doing that one but spielberg i wanted to win report? the thing yeah that's one of his movies yeah yeah i didn't know that and um that actually it's like, a, uh, sealed the deal <laughs> it's a lesser it's a lesser known believe it or not a lesser known Spielberg movie I love me a but man I, who questions society's moral no, fibers no, it, it was the fact that I didn't I didn't like like assume that she wanted to go see a rom-com I just was like I want to see a sci-fi movie and and, um, and she did too and and the, the fact that we did hey, that together was it was a big deal so, yeah yeah but, but maybe if we had saw Silent Hill, maybe that would have been different. Although Silent Hill came out a bit, a bit later. <laughs> I know you probably would have both come home traumatized because um, that movie was messed up. Well, I was I went into it really expecting that like a story from Silent Hill, one of the games, because I was I've, I've always been really big into at least the first three, because um, those are the ones I've, I've played and they made a big big impression on me. Mm-hmm. Especially like story wise, those games are very cinematic. They're based on a lot of other. Um, movies they take a lot of inspiration from, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, that's uh, I, I I gather that from like stuff I've seen. Jacob's Ladder for sure. Oh, definitely. Um, but it's also yes. like looking back on it, 
like I'm glad that they kind of did their own thing. You know, like Silent Hill is like a world for them just to play in. But here's the thing, though, which is interesting. They almost did it. So Silent Hill, the movie, takes a lot of Silent Hill 1, but they flip things around. Yeah. So instead of a dad looking for his daughter, it's a mother looking for her daughter. The cop comes into play. She kind of has more of a prominent role being that it's a movie and you don't have to have a character running around and, you know, finding keys and dumpsters. Right, and when you're being chased um, by monsters and stuff, like you're like the one character right. that has a gun. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She actually uses the gun, too. I'll give her some credit. Uh, but they flip a lot of things on their head, but you can still see the skeleton of the original Silent Hill 1 plot, which in and of itself made me more excited. The only thing that bugged me, and I stand by this to this day, was that they were like, we got to get Pyramid in here somehow. Yeah. Because this was back when it was like, okay, they're trying to get um, Silent Hill to the next level of public awareness. And yep. they knew that Pyramid Head was the iconic character, specifically for one game, specifically tied to the psyche of that one main character. Right. And they were like, no, we got to bring him out. When you strip <laughs> when you strip away his context in the story, in the, his context of the main character, like you take away what's really scary about him. Oh no, he's still very I mean, scary. I mean, he's a big guy. He's scary, but like I feel like what was psychologically horrifying mm-hmm. about this character, it was re- completely removed. Yes. Um, and now I know someone might be yeah. listening to this and going, "But Pernell, you, you wackadoo! You know he had Pyramid Head was based off of dialect, Silent Hill text, and like history and lore." Like I get that. Doesn't change the fact that it was lore, not present. Okay, I I'm just, allowed to feel I, this way. I kind of just want to know. Where they found a guy in Centralia, PA, that had a huge triangle helmet. <laughs> He's been holding on to it, waiting for his moment to shine. Because I'm literally just sitting there every time like somebody brings up Silent Hill. There's always um, there's always somebody that's like, you know, it's uh, based off an actual place. It's in the middle of Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Reminding me of my the dumpster fire. Well, you see, the state. original purpose of that helmet was the guy had a thing where he just kind of enjoyed putting it on his head and releasing bees into it <laughs> just to kind of give him a little bit of excitement this in was, his day. But, but that was also, the pyramid head was in Silent Hill 2, right? Yeah, it was Silent Hill 2 where he was so actually kind of, from. Kind of up. And then they threw him in the homecoming because, again, yeah. they were like, we got to get this guy more roles. I know for a lot of our listeners. Yeah, it's, like, it, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like those uh, those Hellraiser movies. If they don't have Pinhead in it, the fans will revolt. <laughs> God, like, don't even get me started on that. Like, <laughs> Uh, side tangent, no- but that's our show. We do this. So freaking Hellraiser, right? I've seen the first I, uh, three movies. I've seen the first half of the first one when I was too young, and then I never saw any other ones. I've seen are they, the, are they the good? ones I've are seen they, are recently. They are, I, I personally believe the second one and the first one were good films. The third one, I I couldn't get past go. the first one. Oh, really? really? Oh, yeah. See, the thing about it is like, the thing about Hellraiser to me is that the monsters are the humans. Because kind of yeah, like Candyman, yeah. Candyman is an urban myth. He comes out when people call out to him because they're freaking mm-hmm. crazy. Pyramid, I mean, the, the Cenobites are fairly similar. Yeah, they're monsters. Yeah, they're, they're not, but I wouldn't yeah, even call them Yeah, but you had evil. to open the box to get to them. Yeah, you That's had to right. call them you to came you. to them. It's like saying, okay, we learned a, a story of a, of a box that was found in a house after 20 people were murdered in it yeah. gruesomely. I got to open that box. Like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Yeah, but I mean, like, the, the, the pyramid head isn't even a character on itself. I mean, for, for people who are listening, I, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but it's definitely, like, 
the guilt and psyche of the main character personified. Yeah. Yeah, which is why the peop- the monsters that are coming after you are women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, and that movie, for the, and for the record also, you, Matt, you said, because Rob has played it, but you said you and Guido have not. If you've oh, never played so Silent Hill 2, even today. I, I've never. It's, it's worth no, it. It's worth a playthrough. I, I never have. As I, a movie I'm, guy, as a movie person, not me, you, mm-hmm. I beseech you, play that game even though it's old, play it now. Not right now, but later now. <laughs> over the weekend. Play yeah, it over the weekend. weekend because you can, you can burn through it. it's good. it is an iconic game. It, to me, is a perfect blend of the video yeah. game movie atmosphere. And you will come away with so, it with so you're saying it's like So you're saying like for a more modern gamer, I guess I would consider myself. So it's like a Naughty Dog sort of thing? No. No, I feel no, like those guys dog. make perfect movie games. Well, well, this thing, Naughty Dog does action movie games. Okay, I'm not disagreeing with you on they do good movie games, but Naughty Dog is action films. So set piece to set piece. Well, I mean, they piece. did Last of Us. That was yeah, but La- Last of Us. Let's be honest. Well, Last of Us outside the story bits they, was an action. They, they, I feel like mod- especially the modern games, the Naughty Dog uh, studios, they're, they're developing games that are very cinematic in a way that like you're watching characters in a movie. Yes. Act. Uh, the yeah. Silent Hill games, you're you're playing as the character. Yes, there yeah, it is. And you you're really like kind of thrown into it. It's it's okay. really it's really worthwhile. I'm, I'm not going to beat Brunel and shout out you, but like it is. I get excited, man. <laughs> Come it's on. really it's it is still really worth playing. The graphics are still dated, but it, even the first one, the, mm-hmm. the PlayStation One, something about like the limitations of the draw distance where they just made everything foggy and that's what even made that, it what it like, was even that was like unsettling in its own way so but, but that's what's amazing about it. when you know I what learn- get on YouTube watch a full playthrough get some popcorn okay. it's it's like it's, it's really nice like when I learned that they is did there, that because of I just have to know which will be my make or break if I do it this weekend is there a big vampire goth mommy in it no oh, that's like, only like that's exclusive smothers it. you're safe or oh, not. Depends okay, on if you really so, want her in your game or not. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm probably just going to watch a playthrough of <laughs> Yeah, Destiny totally. Wait, did I say she's not in the game? I mean, you might have to get to the end to find yeah, out. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. <laughs> oh, no. It's, 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 it's an enjoyable, You've satisfying game. It's not I've meant to. I've been baited. It's just like when you baited me to play Elden Ring, Guido. You're welcome. <laughs> Guido did a good job there. It's not meant to be pleasant. All right, I'm going yeah, to move this along here. Um, so this is a game that I don't ask you anybody here to play. Oh. Um, it's technically only based on the movie because Timothy Dalton's in it. This is James Bond 007, The Duel for the Sega Genesis. So not really based on a movie, but there's like these weird pixelized images of Timothy Dalton and like weird, like just random, like sexy women characters around cars. And like, that's the end of the game. (laughs) It looks like a really fun uh, platformer. We're going to list, but, but the composer who knows his way around the Sega Genesis is Matt Furness. And around cars. And around, maybe, I don't know Matt Furness, (laughs) but Matt, Matt Furness is like, I mean, he's a virtuoso with the Sega Genesis. We're going to listen to the map rap. I'm assuming this is like the music that plays on the overhead map screen. My name's James Bond, and I'm here There's to some... say I got women in the car. Let's go hang out today. Aside from like the arranged version of the uh, of the James Bond theme, the, this entire soundtrack is bumping. All right, we're going to listen to the map rap from James Bond 007, The Duel, composed by Matthew Furness.
So one of, one of the shorter tracks, definitely not one of the uh, the stage tracks, which are usually like two or three minutes long. This was the map rap from James Bond 007, The Duel. I was expecting lyrics. I did not get lyrics. <laughs> yeah, it's where it, was this during Timothy Dalton's entire <laughs> stint as James Bond? <laughs> no, this is actually a really good point. I'm gonna pull this up because I, I think this is relevant to especially to the podcast today. <laughs> but um. I tried watching um, the uh, Timothy Dalton one recently with my wife, and it was well. It, we couldn't get through it. Which one was it? You, you only had two, unfortunately. No, he was driving a tank. He was driving a tank through a city. Ooh, the Living Daylights. That was that was the good one. Um, it was like it was so over the top macho and misogynistic that we couldn't get through it. It was really hard. But you didn't uh, like the tank scene, though. At least the tank scene was was something else. <laughs> All right, so this was released in 1992. So what James Bond movies came out in 1992, around 1992? Um, yeah, it was just there were just two Timothy Dalton ones. It was The Living Daylights and I think License to Kill. License to Kill. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> Microphone sugar. <laughs> license, yeah, License to Kill was, like I said, there were, you had your... Unfortunately, um, yeah, there was a writer's strike at the time which affected his tenure as James Bond. And then... He was like, "Not nah, my contract's up. I don't want to do this anymore." So then they went with Pierce Brosnan. How do you do? So. You feel as though he was the possibly the better Bond over oh, Pierce Brosnan? No, Pierce Brosnan was what I watched. We watched. We tried to watch Goldeneye. Which oh, was, okay, yeah, yeah. Which no, I remember Goldeneye, like a, as a honestly, kid. Yeah. So what you're telling me is that he, that James Bond, drove a tank in two films? Oh yeah, I mean if you can, oh, oh James Bond drives a tank, a tank all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's his thing, you know. He's he's not like meant to be like. He's See, a, 007 actually stands for miles per gallon. He's a spy, but he's not like, like a sneaky spy. <laughs> we yeah, we it's we literally spy. like uh, not even on quad pro quo. We we literally have this argument with our group of friends. Like, literally, the only reason why I feel like so many people put the movie Goldeneye on such a pedestal with people of our generation is because of the video. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. The not, reason why it's not. Like you were just saying, the that the tank sequence is is almost as laughable as the worst Roger Moore thing. Yeah, like like it's it's so it's so cringeworthy and embarrassing the way they treat the female characters in the movie, the way like they talk to women, they talk about women in the movie, and then like this crazy like um like like war fantasy of getting in a tank and just like running through city streets with it. And then, like, be like, oh, oh, no, I have a tank. It's like, oh, my God. I got to ask, though. It's it's really over the top. Was there at least a narrative reason for him to be driving the tank? Or did he just, like, kind of decide he wanted to? Of course. Of course there is. Let me rephrase it. A good narrative reason. Yeah, they were breaking out of of a a former Soviet, uh, not gulag, but, like, county lockup. Oh, okay. Like, Like, the gulag is the prison. County lockup is where they put you and they charge you and then they send gulag. Okay, so it's like but. more of the goulash as opposed to the goulash. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Now, now, why this game is called the duel, I have zero idea. Because two people have a gun, and it's and not, one of them is going to fire. It's it. definitely like the classic, like European style platformer where you're running around trying to collect things. In this case, it's women. 
Who are, are you, you're joking, right? I am not joking. <laughs> the women are the, the collectibles. In the quotes, hostages. You're collecting them. Okay, at least they're hostages. And they That's go, thematic. Oh, okay, yeah, they kiss you. And then, um, That's but, James Bond. But it's you against like 100,000 dudes running at you, and you have a gun. Sounds less, less like a duel, more it, like a massacre. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really, really Do is. you at least have the golden gun, or is it just uh, <laughs> That's unlockable. the Walther? Have, it's the only one. It's the only one. So um, I'm sure it talks about it in the instruction manual, but we're not going to. We're not going to look that one up. Not today. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Matthew Furness is, Matt Furness is, is one of like the masters of the Sega Genesis. And some say it's because of he didn't use the, the pre-built music generators or music creation software that was created by Sega. Okay. Um, it was him and another programmer built um, their own unique custom-built software to, to write music for the Sega Genesis. Ed Wilson from another show has a lot more insight into this. But it gave him like so much more control over the sounds. Okay. And so coming from like the European like demo scene, like kind of hacker world, like he was able to, like like how uh, Tim Fallon was, he was able to really create complex melodies and rhythms that like other people weren't doing. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's why I love her so much. I'm going to marry him. Oh. We're going to have kids. Furnace babies. That sounds very <laughs> challenging. I mean, you put enough coal in there, I guess. But uh, I got to ask this before we move on. Though. <laughs> of course. Since we were talking about James Bond, there's a ton of films, and you guys actually watch, I don't know, movies. Even you, Rob, since you were talking about you weren't a big fan of the ones you saw, you still have to make a choice. I can make a choice. What was your favorite James Bond production or piece? Start with Rob. Okay, and Matt yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the favorite James Bond. I mean, I, okay, so I used to watch these with my dad. Okay. Um, we would skip church, and we would watch either um, what's it? It's Kung Fu Cinema. Okay. On like some local access station, like Philadelphia access station, or we would watch like a James Bond movie. My dad was into that stuff. Um, so probably Moonraker, or um, oh, what was the one with um, Sean Connery? Goldfinger. Okay. Goldfinger. But I mean, like I feel like everyone's gonna say Goldfinger. You don't know. <laughs> Goldfinger's a big one. Matt's next. Maybe yeah. he. Maybe he'll surprise. Yeah. You. What about you guys? Uh, well, I mean, don't get me wrong, because I always do the argument where it's like, um, it's, who's your favorite Bond after Sean Connery? Is he's like, you know, right? Yeah, she's, of course, she's the most iconic person to do the role. Yes, <laughs> But, uh, well, you already said Goldeneye, so for the... I mean, not Goldeneye, Goldfinger, for the for the sake of not being redundant, I would have to go with the movie before that from Russia with Love, where it was just... It was just, um... Him, his, his lady, they were on a train, they stole a lector, which was like the, the Spectre translating sort of, like, spy device, and, uh, Robert Shaw was in it also as the bad guy from, uh, who was Quint from Jaws, if you guys, you know, know who that is. I mean, it's, it's my, it's my, I'm pretty sure it's also my wife's grandmother's favorite movie because she Aww. both loves Sean Connery and Robert Shaw. It was like, like Matt Kurt, Sean Connery, Sean! <laughs> and, and Robert Shaw, oh my! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Right, great, great well, mine's definitely Octopussy. I'm, I'm a, more of a Roger Moore 007. Okay. Hey, hey, they said this was a family podcast. That's you, the name of the you, movie, you guy. Any, uh, but that's fair. It's the name that's of the fair. movie, guy. Hey, it's what a movie about an octopus. Miles is cool. <laughs> exactly. All right? Christina Wayborn's, you know, she's the best. She's got the most talent. Really? Out of all of those, Roger Moore, because he did the most. He did like 
30 of them, I feel like, that one, you know. I like that one with the Fabergé egg. You should have gone with, uh, if you had gone with live and let die, I would have at least, you know, respect okay, a little look, bit. Look, it really has to do with what I've seen the most, okay? When I was home, sick, watching 007 marathons, guess which one I saw the most of? Octopus. It wasn't even the one with the, it wasn't even I don't the have control the of these gun? things, my man. I, with, I can't control these things. With knickknack and It's just life. <sighs> well, if it makes you feel any better, mine might be even lower on the pole than that one. My favorite is probably James Bond Jr. I intentionally said favorite James Bond piece because I wanted to make sure that pieces could apply. I only played music from James Bond The Duel because I didn't consider the, cause the, the James Bond Jr. soundtrack is... Phenomenal. Hey, for the topic of the show, it wouldn't have counted. For the topic <laughs> of this question, James Bond Jr. works. Oh, man. James Bond Jr. Everything needs to have a kid version. That's how TV worked in the 90s. <laughs> I, remember, I think I had one of the uh, the villains as an action figure where he had like he had like two heads or like two personalities or something. And a metal hand. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm blanking on it. I, I tell you, man, I, I miss the 90s for TV sometimes. There's some really just hokey shows. We all not, do. Yeah. This is not, why they're That's why they're bringing it all back. Yeah. yeah. Quantum I mean, Leap and everything like that. That looks pretty cool. I was kind of I've heard good things. Yeah. And it just got renewed. <laughs> the second half of season one, which is odd to even be saying this, yeah. got ordered, which means oh, okay. it's doing well enough that you not know, get canceled halfway through. What we're watching through. on Netflix, the, they made, they make, they're redoing The Mole, the 2001 Anderson Cooper reality show. The mold. So 21 years later, they're making another one, and I am into it. I don't care. It's a reality show, and I'm like, Damn, I'm check in, this I'll out watch then. that. Yeah, it's, it's all right. So I'm ready. <laughs> I when, it comes, when it comes to Netflix, I either watch you know like a, a murder documentary yeah. or a murder drama series or some British sitcom. So yeah, I'll yeah the murder sure. is the British sitcom about murder. Lots of this. No. Well. No, there are no murders in the IT crowd, I don't think. There was that one episode one where Moss murders that guy. <laughs> oh, no, the one guy, he gets killed, though, the uh, uh, the boss, right? Renum. Does he? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. well, that, well he, just, he just jumps out the window. Yeah, he just jumps out the window. <laughs> no, no, the PTA has not disbanded. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty much like that. They're like, oh, they found out, um, you know, you've been laundering all this money. He goes, oh. Well, he just oh. opens up the window. Give <laughs> <laughs> me a cup of tea, will you? But, but that's that was, I was that's how I was first introduced to Matt Berry. Yeah, like, it's oh, amazing. Same, same. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right, so um, we're moving back. That to was you us guys. at the beginning of this episode doing. Yes, I can hear you, Pem Fandango. Oh man, I knew someone had to do it. All right, so you guys, um, you're up next. You have uh, one more original game track to listen to. What you got? Oh, well, I believe uh, we did um, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, the Metropolis. Or no, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. We did the, the Metropolis uh, um, level. Yeah, yeah. So this is, um, people pronounce it Metropolis. No, they don't. Okay, no, they don't. <laughs> Hydrosity is enough. Uh, okay, let's not bring it to Metropolis 2. This is the Metropolis Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the Sega Genesis, also by another Sega all-star, Masato Nakamura.
classics for a reason, right? Like, good good music, good good music. Stands, never dies. Never dies. It stands the test of time. This this song will always be good. This is the Metropolis Zone music from Sonic the Hedgehog Part Two, for the Sega Genesis, composed by Masato Nakamura, and I I love this music. It's something to be said about the- Sonic 2's OST, particularly this track, because I remember when the game came out and I was playing it. Sonic 2 was an absurdly long game. Like, yeah, really long especially game. Especially compared to the first one. Yes. Yeah. And and it's it's also weird because um, compared to the first one, the first one they only they had three levels, but this one only had two, except for Metropolis. Metropolis had three. Yes. I remember that. And that was for good reason, because Metropolis Zone had probably the best theme in the game. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, <laughs> breaking... Like, Breaking my back and anticipating, like, I'm going to get to this track. I can't wait to get to the Metropolis Zone. It's going to be such a cool zone. And I finally got there, and the music started playing. And it honestly felt like it was worth the it was worth the journey to get to that stage. Mm. It was so freaking good. Sonic 2, as a whole, was just it was an event. It was a momentous event. Sonic 2's day. That was probably the first instance I can recall where they were like, we're going to give an entire day a name <laughs> to tell you that this game is coming out. We're yeah. going to call it Sonic Tuesday. Right, and they did it again with Mortal Kombat, Mortal Monday. <laughs> Mortal, actually, it you probably know, was. No, it was, it was. It, it was Mortal Because it was released on like five different consoles on the same day. People, people were obsessed with it. Man. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I literally beat Sonic 2 for the first time like last month. But I, I, What's I, I the got lie the, about? You did it. That's what matters. <laughs> no, no. I mean, and I got it because I got I got the new one on the Switch. But I mean, like literally, it was one of the greatest moments. <laughs> you got <laughs> past that freaking death egg Respect. robot. So that's a trophy. In you know how many? Itself. Yeah. You know how many times? You know how many times when I was a kid, I was trying to <laughs> that, that that darn giant robotnik. He's a jerk. But this time I was. Like, I'm prepared. I got years of wisdom behind yeah, my belt. Yeah, yeah. I've seen how to break giant robots in the past. He's got adult, I can apply that knowledge. He's got adult dexterity and patience. Yes. <laughs> Which yes. is a big thing to have. Yeah, it's kind of like that Sifu game I was just talking about. <laughs> I got the wisdom now. And yes. Um, and there's something to be said about us discussing Sonic 2 and how momentous an occasion it was. Because I feel like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, the second one, but mostly the first was equally momentous and the scope of like, here's a movie about a video game character that is highly looked, people wanted it to happen, but of course there was a whole debacle of like crappy looking Sonic, which I remember you told me oh, they yeah. referenced him in oh, the Chip, the and, Dale, Chip and Dale oh movie. God, yeah, you amazing. haven't seen that yet. I have not, but I'm oh, going to. That was very funny. That was very like self-referential, um, way more than I expected to, to see. So here's the thing, like people in there, everyone always wants to say, well, there wasn't like there was much of a benchmark to reach. I mean, video game movies are just bad anyway. And I'm like, I, I'll, I'll give, reason. Like, I give you that, but yeah, don't yeah. disparage the fact that the Sonic movie was legitimately entertaining to watch. Yeah, if it wasn't great, it no, was it was good though. But here's the thing, like people, I, I fun with it. like people say it wasn't great. Yeah. But the thing to take in, to keep in mind here is yeah. that at least when I, as I saw it, I didn't go. To see Sonic the Hedgehog looking for a Scorsese movie. I went because <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah. wanted to see an entertaining video game character hop and bop on the screen, make right, a few right. wisecracks, and treat the source material with respect. And I felt that I got all of that, which to me is what makes it quote unquote great in the context of video game films. That's it's almost like, you know, going to the movies for like the summer blockbuster event or whatever. 
A lot of those movies, you go to see those because you kind of want video. You want movie junk food. You know what you're getting out of it. Mm-hmm. You're not coming there for a, a riveting, heartfelt piece to make you go home. No, and I'm just here for Jim life. Carrey. You're not going for Octopussy. You're going for <laughs> Sock the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. Look. It's a video. It's a movie based off of a video game. I'm not expecting twelve angry men or like thirteen ghosts over here. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, I'd actually rather watch Sonic the Hedgehog again than ever watch Thirteen Ghosts. Okay, here <laughs> to that. Hey, hey, uh, there was some Schwartz. talent in that movie. Yo, right. <laughs> show some respect. <laughs> you can see more of that talent in a different movie. Just saying. Fair enough. <laughs> but like, I, I mean, but I felt like. And it's probably why the new Mario movie is getting a lot of scrutiny, too, aside from just general internet vitriol, but also the fact that Sonic got through the blender and came out a delicious smoothie, mm. and now people are like, Sonic did very well for us as far as video game movies go. Mm. Mario has to measure up to I, that. I gotta be honest, I, w- I was really surprised they announced a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, because I knew, like, Sonic, I mean, Sega... Mm-hmm. And Sonic in general. The Sega in general in the 90s was enormous. The Sega of America company was just rolling in cash. Mm-hmm. Like, that's everyone had Sega. Everyone knew about Sega. You know, everyone knew their ads, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I kind of get that. But, like, nowadays, like, no one really talks about it. Everything is, like, because Nintendo is still making games. Like, they're mm-hmm. still making Mario games. They're still making Zelda games. All these franchises that we know about, they're still making these things. So, I was really surprised that the first kind of like modern video game movie that we're going to see based on like on a 90s franchise was going to be Sonic and not Mario. Well, that's probably, that's literally just because Nintendo was asleep at the Switch with their property. But as far as... Plus also, they already tried with Mario. Oh God, don't remind (laughs) us. I don't know if that's the word tried. Oh, come on. That's, that's, that's just a really fun, like, it's so bad, it's good. The only way that movie could have been like any worse slash better was if like Tommy Wiseau was involved. Wait, who's the bad guy in that movie? <laughs> I'll say uh, like, yeah, Dennis yeah. Hopper. Dennis Hopper deserves respect. Oh no, there's a there's a fun fact about that movie. Um, What's up? After it was made, uh, Dennis Hopper, because I guess he had a young son at the time. His his dad he went to his dad and was like, uh, Dad, why did you make this movie? And he was like. Well, because, you know, uh, I things cost money, like shoes <laughs> and stuff, and like I needed to get money for to buy you shoes. He's like, Dad, I didn't need shoes that. The kid legit said that to him. That just looks at him and like, Dad, you failed me. Yeah, like, um, like, like the, the, the it's so bad it's good slash like just it's so bad it's fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Movies of that era, like the Street Fighter movie, like I still love that. Like it's it's so uh, silly. I've never even seen that movie. Oh. And I still quote that it was a Tuesday. Line. Yeah, it's it's just so because like because Raul Julia oh is the God. only Ra- one. Raul who knows, Julia, who knows what he's doing just, over the top. He is this, vice just kind of like Bella Lugosi. That was his <laughs> yeah. last movie, and he just yeah. went full ham on it and was amazing in it. But like he knew, he knew what he was like. He knew what he was going to do. Everyone was like, "Oh, we're going to do like an action Tuesday. movie," and everyone like Street Fighter, and everyone's going to do martial arts. And Raul Julia's like, "No, this is supposed to be silly. Like, I'm going to go in there over the top. You know, I'm going to ham it up, and everyone's going to love it." And yeah, because people people remember him. Yeah. I was about to ask that. I feel like from what I've been hearing in like you know video game social circles or whatever, is like he is the character everyone remembers. No oh, yeah. one remembers anything else about that movie but him. No, yeah, well, I mean, Kylie Minogue, I, no, but still. <laughs> I also remember, I remember Jean-Claude Van Damme's whole, but we can go home speech. 
<laughs> General Dyson is going to invade and he's going to ruin democracy. But we can go home. <laughs> but we can go home. I am an American. I am a blonde haired, blue eyed American with a totally crazy French accent. But we can go home. Uh, <laughs> French so accent. Oh, no. I also remember yeah. the, the terribleness that was. Uh, what was it? Uh, I, I wasn't allowed to play fighting games at the time. I don't know the actual characters' names. Uh, the 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 orange-haired green guy. Uh, oh, what, Blanca. Blanca? Blanca. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I also remember even like ki kids my age that could play that game. They were like, "It's terrible. They ruined it. They ruined it." Why? Oh, because he didn't have his electrical powers in the movie. I just didn't look yeah, like Blanca. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. were like, "That's the not Blanca." Crazy, <laughs> 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 like the old Incredible Hulk. This movie didn't have a big budget, but they did. But Jean Claude Van Damme could do a flash kick. Oh, which is cool. I mean, I don't care <gasps> if there's a wire. Like, we don't need special effects. And we also, have a we martial artist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. This, so then, then there was the. I, I almost picked from this game, but I feel like I've already played the best music from it. Street Fighter, the movie, the game, <laughs> the game based on Street Fighter. The movie, which is based on Street Fighter, um, which was hilarious, is all motion meta. captured. With that is all so characters. meta. The most meta thing you've ever heard. I don't know. Did you guys watch the She-Hulk finale? That was pretty meta. Yeah. Sorry. I, 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 no, I, I just finished watching it. I was telling Pernell But don't spoil it, because I'm, I'm the only person who has I intend to watch the show from the start I, now I that it's done. I thought it was a little little heavy-handed with the, with like, hey, we're meta, but like at the, it ended still nicely, because I, I really enjoyed it. Was like, it was like yeah. Abed being meta in Community <laughs> when he made that movie about yes. him, you know, about yeah. Christ and super meta, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love went, that Community came up, because now i got to start that show. Yeah, you, oh, that's right. End Fun of, fact about that. Fun fact about Community. I own the entire series and have never watched a single episode. It's, you know what? It's it's a it's a fun watch. It's really it's, and there's so many great great character actors in that in that show. I also learned recently that everyone hated Chevy Chase. Yes, for good <laughs> reason. He's not a nice person. He is not. I read guy. about his, that. His character is pretty awful. So he doesn't kind of share his. I mean, I mean, his character was spot on, but it was also spot on Chevy Chase, and I think he relished in it. And then, like, there was a clip yeah. that I came across when I was reading about this, where uh, they were in like the in the, the right the writers' room or the, the actors' lounge, whatever you want to call it. And uh, Dan Harmon comes in and he goes, "I got good news and bad news for everybody. Uh, the good news is we got renewed for season two. Then the bad news is you have to work for Chet with Chevy Chase for another season." <laughs> Um, yeah, I was sad when uh, Donald Glover left the show because the artist oh. he's coming back for the movie. I think everyone I so. was. Yeah, I mean, child. I mean, he had to go off and do his own thing. I mean, he was his rap career, his other acting career. I mean, he's really good at everything he does. I think Atlanta. anyway, and mm -hmm. so for him just to be like, I can't be pigeonholed to do the show constantly, kind of makes sense. Um, all right, so. Enough about Childish Gambino and the Street Fighter movie. <laughs> this kind of went off. Also, that's a great Street Unless Fighter character name, too. Unless he's in the next too. Street Childish Fighter movie. Childish Gambino versus Guile. <laughs> I, got, I want to make his character sorry, in Street Gully. Fighter 6 because there's that character creator. I'm going to stick him in there. Just listen to This Is America. Okay, so um, we're on to your, <laughs> uh, your second track for now. Okay. My second track comes from... Well, I'll talk about my vibes for this movie when we come back. But it comes from the game Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the game. The track title is I called Techno Man, and it was composed by Anamanaguchi. Oh, yes.
I'm sorry, I'm over here getting my rock on and forgot that we are on a podcast. This is the track Techno Man from the game Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game composed by Ana Monaguchi. I have a hard time choosing what my favorite track in this game is. And it's hard. I mean, honestly, tomorrow I could change my mind. It's but the shop music. Now, it's always the shop music. No. Cheap shop. Today, so it's, good. Tech, it's always between Techno Man and the Rock and Rock Club for rock me. Rock Club's good. Rock Club's good. Uh, uh, really, really yeah, good. no, I totally agree. I actually have played this game on the Switch. And I love it. It's so it's, friggin' good. Like, it is. Like, Scott Pilgrim... The manga I enjoyed quite. Oh, I said manga. There's a comic book. The graf- I, graphic novel. Graphic novel. <laughs> Actual homage to Japanese manga. Yeah, <laughs> desu. Um, this to me, I loved the comic book, but um, so then cool. the movie came about, um, and of course the game came after the movie. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Whether it's based on all of them, pretty much. It's well, just an amalgamation. And, and of the movie came out before the the, the the comic books ended, so they both had different endings. Yes. And then the game. I mean, because so much of the game is like based off of. I mean, video the, game I'm culture. Sorry, the, the book is yeah based off of video game culture, and that stuff carries through to the movie. And I remember seeing it in the theater. And then um, uh, we went to King of Prussia, mm-hmm. um, and we, when we when we walked out of the theater, I was like, I have never heard like chiptune. Was music I there with you for the that? Theater. Did we see that together? I, I think I just took Christy. Okay. And she was like, oh, okay, that was a thing. And I was like, oh, that was great. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> like Scott Pilgrim, the movie. It was awesome. And I'll talk about the game in a second, but the movie, like it is a cult hit. Like the movie got very little love and very little money when it released, but it got a re-release mm-hmm. like a decade or so later for like the anniversary. Because people still talk about it, but that was probably like one of the probably the perfect vision of video games on a screen. Totally agree. It, it absolutely, yeah. Cause like they just integrated so much. Like when he punched the guy and he explodes in the toonies. I was ex- <laughs> I was ecstatic they put that in the movie. Yeah. And a lot of people that were in the theater had no idea what that was referencing. But people who play games like Rivers of Ransom, oh my god! But like, no, because yeah, because like. A lot of people were going in there because, you know, that was Edgar Wright and everybody's just expecting more blood and Cornetto, you know, like Shaw of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think this was between Hot Fuzz and The World's End. So it was bef- so like his, yeah, it was before uh, he finished his Cornetto trilogy. So like everybody was just like, that's Edgar Wright. We're going to, we're going to see Nick Frost and Simon Pegg and they're going to do funny British stuff. But it's, oh it's, no. <laughs> got to admit though, I, this is, I this think it'd be funny to see Simon Pegg in this movie like in some place. Co- almost like a coming of age, like Canadian story based off of video game references. It was so um, Oh yeah. But you know what? I'm sure people knowing now they'll still love it more than uh, last night in Soho. <laughs> but the, which I also love. My co host not so much, but uh, But the, the the casting in, in uh, Lame in Scott Pilgrim it was, was boring. Oh too. solid. Like Kim Pine, I realized now she was I heard she was like that umbrella 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 Academy. Academy I think yeah she, uh, and um, um one of the Culkins played the uh, the friend. Oh. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Kieran Culkin, Kieran the kid Culkin. that's uh, or the the guy that's on uh, Secession now. Yeah, that, that's one of those shows that like He's amazing. And then was everybody it, tells it, me I need to watch. And it was so like Brie Larson so and Chris funny. Evans were both on there together, and yeah. people like to keep referencing that. Like they were in a band together before and, uh, they hit Marvel. Uh, who was the guy? Who was, who was and the Superman was in it too. Yeah, Michael Cera <laughs> would be a good Wolverine. I know that's. Controversial in some some states. He, he was, was a, a good Superman, Superman in a terrible Superman movie. Yeah, the vegan guy. What was his name? Starts with a B. It's a B word. Brandon Ralph. Brandon. 
Brandon Routh. Brandon Routh. Yeah, yeah. I, I like. He was like my favorite Superman. He was very because he was very human in that movie. Yeah, he he did a very like he did a very good Christopher Reeve impersonation. Yeah. I liked that, but, but it was still good. It was still I, good. I enjoyed it because all the all the new DC stuff and, and it's all like spectacle and over the top and it's cool. But like, <sighs> don't even get me started. On I, I, I I haven't watched any of it. It's just it's just it's interesting. It's out there. But like I, this, this one, I remember seeing it, especially with my wife. It was like it was very like moving. Um, uh, the, oh yeah, the, no, the human story of him and his relationships. Was... It was really good. Come on, tell Scott Barry. Pilgrim in that case. Oh, we're going back to Superman Returns oh, right now. I was now. like, I don't remember Superman. I just know Richard Pryor was in some of them. <laughs> yeah, well, he's in that one was of Superman them. 3. Yeah. That, that was something. <laughs> Superman 3 was... Yeah, I was reading about that. That was a weird Because one. I have a friend trying to make a Superman board game, and he referenced that. And I was like, I got to read about this some more. Like, Wait a minute, <laughs> this was the one they hated? Should be based on... The, the, movie, the board game should be based on that movie. <laughs> uh, but, but, no, like, but back to Scott Pilgrim, again, yeah, the casting was, yes. was perfect. Like, like uh, Kieran Culkin... I couldn't imagine anyone else doing that role. It was so perfect. And then, of course, um, what's his name? Hipster boy doing um, uh, Scott Pilgrim itself. Like, oh, I, Michael Cera. Michael Cera. It makes Sarah. sense. Like, it makes sense. He, like, he actually was good yeah, for that role. Yeah, yeah. It totally makes sense. And it's interesting, too, because so you take that, and I had, I had read all the comic book that they had released so far at that point, and I was excited for the video game. And they came around and said, the game was a tie into the movie. Um, so I'm playing through the video game, and it was one of those nights where it's like pretty late at night. I should have been to bed by now. But I'm like, nah, I'm so close to the end. I'm just going to do the last level and then go to bed. Mm-hmm. And then it just keeps going and going. And then they were just like, so for those who don't know, the game's art was done by Paul Roberson, who's known for some really wild like, oh, pixel wild. art animation. Yeah, but like good wild. Like, really good wild. You imagine like like the most off the wall like um, uh, uh, graffiti artist. Yes. Like, that's that's kind of him with pixel art. Like, yeah. when he was announced to be doing the art for the game, people lost their minds yeah, because surreal. people who knew yeah. knew they were getting a good thing. And for most of the game, a lot of his staple stuff was kind of, like, kicked to the side because he had to adhere to the pat- the, tra- the patent he was working under, except for, like, the, um, the, 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 the vegetarian band member. I always forget his name. Basically, the third on one. He basically had, like, a weird, like, transformation that was very much Paul Roberson. But... When you get to the last, last Gideon fight, or not the last, that's like the, the when you think it's the that's last the Gideon fight. That's the part I can't beat. The part you where he's like, send me like them a giant beats, transformation? Man. Yes. See, that's not even the last fight. That's the funny part. So once <laughs> oh, you no. beat that, you end up in the place that this track plays in. And that's what shocked me. Like that night when I was playing, I was like, oh, it's the final boss. I'm beating up Gideon. And you go, it's like the whole monster's transformation, and you beat him down. And you're like, okay, that's it. That's the game. That's the game. It's like, nope, he runs away. And then you run after him, and they introduce this place that doesn't exist in the manga, in the, in the comic book. It doesn't exist in the movie. Oh, they made no, it okay, yeah, for the, the cliff. The cliffside thing is what you're talking about. No, no. They, um, you go to like a weird Technodrome-like level. Um, and while you're running through it, this track plays, and you're fighting like robots and like these android girls and guys with jetpacks. And the whole time, I'm like, I mean, it's like four in the morning at this point. I'm amped up. This is amazing. The music is good. I have no idea what I'm walking into, and every time they introduce a new enemy, I got excited. You get to a shop, they sell energy tanks for Mega Man. It was just, it was really fun. Like, I was giddy, and when I beat the game, I immediately went back to the world map and did the level again, because I was that into it. I maxed out my character redoing this stage. That's a a theme on our show, where, like, games you get into where you just, like, lose days of sleep over. Yes. (laughs) Like, this game... Is a friggin' masterpiece. Like I, 
I want them to do another game. It doesn't have to be Scott. It doesn't have to be Scott Pilgrim because if it was, it would be kind of difficult to do because the completed property. But I want another game like this, and it makes me sad that it hasn't happened yet. Just take another property. Do that Kings of Power four billion thing that Paul Roberson did. Make that into a game using these mechanics. I would play it again. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, look up that video. But if you're a child, ask your parents' permission before you do so. <laughs> yeah, definitely follow Paul Robertson on um, Twitter. Also, not for kids. Yeah, ask your parents' permission <laughs> for that, too. Have Good you stuff, and, though. Like, have Matt, you and Guido, have you ever heard of what I'm talking about? The Paul Robertson or that video or any of that stuff? No, I, no, I can't say that I have. No. When this episode is over, look up Paul Robertson. And look up Kings of Power 4 billion. You're probably like, what the heck are you talking about? I remember that. You brought it over to the house like when we left back in Wilmington. Yeah, it's such an amazing video. Like, if you like the animation in the Scott Pilgrim game. It's wild. It's basically a video game. He basically did like an animated video game where he was like, here's if I made a video game. This is how it would play out. And it's bizarre and bloody and gross and awesome. And then one (laughs) last thing in regard to that. I'm not sure if you are you familiar with Rick and Morty at all. The TV show. Yes. I mean, Dan Harmon, of course. Well, liking the show or not, even if you don't like the show, they Paul Roberson did a video for that, too. Uh, Similar concept was like, what if this was a video game with the with this universe, but with my art? And again, it is legitimately entertaining, even if you don't even that, watch Rick and Morty. I have to look that up because that that is yeah. why I'm going to jump back to that uh, that tangent that we had before you started playing the track. Uh, if you go and actually watch Community, there is because Dan Harmon did Community. Oh, oh yeah, um, is a good. There is good callback. There's a video game. There episode. is a uh, there is a video game level where I'm pretty sure it is like. Um, it's it's the same like pixelated art, just like it's very uh, similar. It might be him. Yeah, it might be him. There's like there's there's sections of like because like the whole movie is whole episode is 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 within the game world, but it's like a like a side like a side scrolling platformer. Okay. And there's scenes where people are just jumping around, like why are you doing this? Like I don't know, it's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like that's like yeah, that's how you would play. You know, that's how that's how, like, how you would do it. Um, so I need to watch that. Yeah, you would get into it. It's it, they had some really bizarre episodes that were just really really interesting. All right, so we're gonna move moving on. Um, this one, um, we don't play a, it's too, too too much from arcade games, um, but I really wanted to play this one because this this one I played a lot as a kid, and the movie was really big too. This is Terminator 2: Judgment Day, but there's there's a lot. I mean, I, I originally went to this one because Matt Furness did the Genesis music, <laughs> but you found the, this one. This is the arcade. This is the arcade game, um, which is one of those like uh, not like a light gun, but like Operation Wolf or like the. Uh, um, the machine guns like attached to like the machine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, music's by Chris uh, Grainer, and this track is from Human Hideout in Cyberdyne Systems. Didn't Revolution X do that too? Where yeah. the control you just have to turn it left and right. Yeah, yeah. So like a lot of games use like a light gun where it would flash the screen and then would read where it was targeted on the screen. Yeah. With this type of game, you imagine because it's attached to a control on the machine, it's not working as a light gun, it's working pretty much as a joystick. Uh-huh. And a lot of times, there's a cursor that you just can't see. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, this is Human Hideout from <laughs> Cyberdyne Systems. Uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day for the arcade. I'm a big nerd.
the drum fills in this track. <laughs> it's so good. Um, all right, yeah, you're listening to uh, music from the game Terminator 2 Judgment Day, the arcade. Um, pretty sick beats. This is um, Human Hideout Cyberdyne Systems, composed by Chris Graner. There's actually a lot of like atmospheric tracks because like most of the game you don't hear music. You just hear like one it's an it's in a loud arcade so it's usually kind of difficult to hear the music but you hear like the sound of the machine gun constantly because you're playing this game you never, you don't let go of the trigger mm-hmm. i don't even know why they give you a trigger because you want you <laughs> feel like a big man <laughs> so it's like it just it just goes all day long and um the the credits for the game oh, i forget the guy the guy you played the t with t9000 or t1000 um but like he's actually Shoot, credited in the games i think he did some additional photography for the game because he's the big bad boss at the end of it obviously okay. Um, and it's it's actually like it follows the movie pretty good. If the whole movie was just you firing a machine gun nonstop for like two hours, um, which is weird because you know halfway through that or at the very beginning of the movie, uh, Edward Furlong tells Arnold, "No, you can't kill people." <laughs> I gotta say though, by the way, just in a general sense, in regards to almost all the tracks we picked for this episode, yeah, I find it entertaining. When they do take these video, these movies and go, let's turn them into video games because yeah. a movie is generally a narrative piece right. where they give you set characters. You're going from point A to point B. Every once in a while, you might come across an adversary, or it might be the same adversary, like in the case of Terminator. It's, yeah, the, it's yeah. the T whatever thousand freaking metalloid robot. The whole movie, yep. right? But in the game. They got to give you actual adversaries to mow down, so <laughs> yeah. they have to create enemies well, for you. That's what I was talking about. Like, there's the language of video games from the '90s compared to like the language of video games today. If there was a Terminator 2 Judgment Day video game made modern days, 2022, mm-hmm. it would be like all cutscenes, quick time events. Actually, I I had an it idea. It would be very much like that. It would you be know what it could cinematic. be? Cinematic. You know what it could be though? So. So. This is a game I was intending to start finally because I've been kicking the can on this for Halloween month, Shocktober. But I would wager they could do a more actionized version of the Aliens game that they released on PS4. So, for those who don't know... Oh, yeah, that Isolation game. Yeah. Yes. Alien Isolation is a game where you're basically trying to survive and escape from the space station. Mm. And the entire game, you're being hunted by the same alien. Oh. And it is tense yeah, Zeno, the yeah. entire time. That's like, good. you will be hiding in a locker. The alien will walk by, act like it didn't see you, and then rip you from the top of the locker <laughs> and kill you. Like, they did some stuff in that okay, game. Okay, so, so again, in the language of that style of game, right? Mm-hmm. Survival horror, maybe I'm assuming it's first person. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah Absolutely yeah. first person. So, you think in the 90s, we our vocabulary of video games was, like, platforming, overhead shooting, um, maybe like a Madden sports game that was also like an overhead like run around type game. Or in the arcades, it was like, if it was going to be an arcade game, it needed to be action-packed to play. So it was going to be a a gun game. Mm -hmm. So to tell the story of an entire movie where the only... (laughs) Where instead of actors and dialogue and and, and cinematography, you just have a gun. (laughs) 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 Like, that's just what we did. That sounds like the 90s. We worked it out like champs is um, what we did. I, I don't remember much about the whole game except for the ending, which really is the entire um, ending set piece of the movie where um, they, they, they shoot the, the T-1000 and push him into the um, into the, the molten like metal or whatever. But like, actually in the game, like he the actor, like like uh, photography of the actor shows up 
like like around the screen. He's not really animated, but like he's there as targets, and like he's coming forward and forward and forward. And like Edward Furlong is actually animated off to the side, like trying to hide. Um, and then as you shoot the T-1000, he gets pushed back and pushed back further and further and further until you push him into the uh, the thing. Into the it's liquid. Just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just pretty cool. I mean, I mean, again, like as for like a, a like a, a gun machine gun arcade game it worked really really well i have a feeling this is probably one of the more popular like games i think terminator 2 was just like one of the more popular movies at the time too um again another movie i watched probably way too young <laughs> same <laughs> yeah i think, I think it, was a, it was a different tongue it was a different time yeah. when you could never see movies too young we we, we were but more I- mature back then <laughs> <laughs> But also, believe it or not, I actually prefer the first one over the second one. I need to rewatch that one. It's different, right? I mean, I, re- I yeah, it's it's different. Like, kind of like in the same sort of vein of like any James Cameron movies. Um, the first one is more psychological horror, right. like like uh, like I uh, and often a comparison, and it's something that we want to do in a future like theme for our our podcast. We want to do like Alien versus Aliens, which throw back to Alien Isolation. Um, Ridley Scott did more of like a psychological, like isolation mm. horror movie. Whereas when James Cameron took over and did Aliens, and it's like, yeah, big guns, we <laughs> kill all the aliens. There are so many action. Burr, burr, burr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a younger, uh, it's, younger kid, I it's really a simi- loved it's aliens, a similar yeah. thing with uh, with Terminator One versus Terminator. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I Plus, I also yeah. just like Arnold as a bad guy. The funny part is I, like I that. hated that kid. The funny part is I've never seen Terminator 1. I saw bits of Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. And yet I somehow ended up going to see Terminator 3 in the movies. What was that you one just wanted to see that girl What's get bigger talent. Is there a spider? It was a spider. <laughs> There's a spider. Anyway, pronounce my hero. That, that, End that. of story. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, do Sorry, guys. <laughs> You're talking, and a, and a Purnell hand is coming towards my face as a spider is coming down towards me, and he saved the day. I got you! It happens. It happens during the wintertime. Um, but yeah, so uh, Terminator 2 is pretty, pretty, pretty great arcade game. But what did you guys think of the third movie? Just because... Which the one was the third one? That was the, the third one... third one was with... Um, that was the prison one. No, no, no. The third one was the one with, uh, with Claire Danes and... Um, Oh, I mean, Arnold got his clothes in a uh, in a ladies' night, and they had a male stripper. I want because I want to say at the end of that movie, like he dies or something. Like, Rise of the Machines is that the one where like like they go back in time and start it all over again? That was no, the- no, no. the The end of the third one is the end of the third one is like the setup for the the future. Oh, like interesting. Armageddon happens. Like even Arnold is like. Your job is not to end Judgment Day. Your job is to survive it. You know? <laughs> right. So right, which like, is kind of, like, sad. They're just, like, in this time loop. Nah, honestly, like, I've said it before. The only... I mean, don't get me wrong. I think T2 is great. It... I prefer the first one, but, like, my favorite sequel out of all of them is the one where it's entirely in the future. 
the one with Christian Bale where like he got a lot of crap for like yelling at some like, technician. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Salvation. That was the one. That was that was pretty impressive. I do remember. Yeah, because that, one. that yeah. one was set entirely in the future, and that was like that's the sequel I want to see. Yeah. I want to see what's going on there. Yeah, it was like when they were making like the original Thor movies, the Marvel ones. Mm-hmm. Like it all took place on Earth. And we're like, we don't want to see Earth. I've been to Earth. Earth is fine. But, like, we're talking about Thor. We want to see, like, where he lives, with his world, you know? And that's going to be more interesting to us. And I feel like they've, they've understood that. So in the later movies, most of it takes place in, like, this fantasy, fantastical space, you know, Viking world. Where, like, you think about the Terminator, where everyone's just terrified of, like, this horrible future of robots destroying humanity. It's like, let's just see that. Like, what is what is that going to look like? You know, we're all just afraid of it. But, like, how do we, how do people even, like, survive it enough to send someone into the past. Um, we are out now at the time of the show where we turn this music down and we get into the bonus round. Bonus round. Terminator that got, like, that's like a Terminator. That was, like a, that was a funky Terminator. That's right. Yeah, the funky robot. You put some shades on that robot and get down. That's the future that I want. That's right. Where all robots are funky. Mm. It's still in charge. A little fresh. <laughs> still in charge, making sure we're all funky. I don't know, man. You, you saw what happened with Skynet. <laughs> Um, anyway, the bonus round is where we play covers and arrangements and remixes on our theme today. Our theme is movie games, game movies. And, and all things in between. And there's plenty, plenty to listen to. Um, so we asked our guests over at Quad Pro Quo um, to look for some remixes or arrangements. And they came through. What did you guys find for us today? We, um, we, we kind of went basic with our whole musical uh, tastes that we like. Uh, we both are avid uh, fans of heavy metal, and we just basically looked for a metal version of something from Doom. Hey, totally. that's what we I do. Forget the ex- yeah, yeah. I forget the exact turn. Uh, Guido is more of a knowledge of Doom, so I forget what the actual name of it uh, is off the top. That's what I got here. This is um, this is the the metal remix of the track Demon's Head from Doom Two. Uh, this one is right. arranged, performed by El Guitar Tom. He calls it Demon's Dead. Demon's Dead. Demon's Dead. Demon's That's the voice. That's the voice. That, <laughs> there we go. And that's the gate to hell we were talking about. <laughs> by EG Demon's Mouth. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, we're back. That was, oh, that was Demon's Head. Sorry, Demon's Dead metal remix. That was from Doom 2. Music by Bobby Prince, arranged, performed by El Guitar Tom. Um, yeah, the original Doom music is like, like they didn't have the hardware to convey how metal they want it to be until they got like to like the current day. Doom 3 was when they first Doom were 3. like, you know, we can go in. Mick Gordon comes in and he's like, I'm just going to bl- melt faces. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. So Doom, the, the 2016 Doom was a freaking banger. Oh, it was insane. I mean, it's, oh my. Yeah. So, I, so great. Yeah, I never saw the movie though. Now that did one, it have the Rock? That was Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yes, That's you like can one avoid of his it. First ones, right? You can avoid it. Well, what do you mean avoid it? Anytime I ever we ever talk about stuff, Guido's always like, "We need more Doom." Well, we because that happened. Well, That's you won't why we get need more, more Doom, Guido, if you don't watch <laughs> the one originally starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson, dude. That wasn't a Doom movie. It Wait. was like it was like somebody took a movie, dipped it in a lukewarm cup of Doom. And then said, this is our Doom movie. <laughs> so wait, did it start Dwayne Johnson or The Rock? Aren't they it had Dwayne people? Johnson in it. it was not even. That's a very, even. very good The point. Rock wasn't in it. Yeah. Because I want to say he started his movies as a guy The named Rock. Dwayne. And then once he started feeling like more of his identity mattering, not needing the wrestling persona, he went with Dwayne Johnson. So he, went, he was uh, wrestling from 96 to 2002, 2004 um, in his acting career. Um, I didn't. Wow, that's, I need a list. I'm not getting a list here. But I have a feeling the Doom movie came out like early 2000s. Yeah, it was so while I think, he was still The Rock. So I think he was The Rock. Yeah, which um, I did not smell what he was cooking. <laughs> he wasn't aware of how well he could cook. But I remember the uh, watching the um, the trailer for it in the theater, and like there was like a first person version, like like little like. Yeah, like I remember that with the chainsaw. Yeah, rrr. everyone's like, the "Whoa, first, they're gonna first do first the thing shooter do chainsaw." Also, can I just say, in any movie, for the one of the very few things I know about movies and actors and all, that Dwayne Johnson is probably one of the most wholesome actors there is right now. Like, I remember reading an interview where he was like, "I just like to do movies that are fun." Like the fact that he did Rampage. I just like to do movies that are fun, where I get to do stuff, where I connect with my kid in the movie. And I, I get sweaty. Hey, I, I get it. Yeah. But I you say that. Like, I just I, saw I the trailer for Black like, Adam. I'm not here. And he's ripping like the big arms off of bucks. I just want to do things that my kid likes, and I can have fun. Like again, like the fact that he was like comfortable with doing the Rampage movie, which I did watch the end of the other day at was work. That, okay, is that a video game movie? Ramp- it's a video game movie. It's no. based on the video no. game. Yeah, it was based off of you Rampage. Were, I remember that fact, game where you, you climb joking. up the building fun and you fact, punch stuff the, and you the eat the villain people. gets eaten at the end and she's wearing a red dress just like the women you can eat in the Rampage game. Oh, man, another game where the women are there just to be destroyed. No, not the women, <laughs> just the specific villain. I know, I know. And the best part about that, she gets punched in the face, and the guy, and she goes, what are you doing? And the woman who punches her goes, feeding a monster to the gorilla. And everybody's oh, like, oh! That's amazing. So d- d- does the rock turn into a monster? No, he befriends the monster because oh. he's the freaking rock. <laughs> yeah, he's like best friends with the, with the gorilla. I had no idea this he's, movie existed. He's like, he's like best friends with Harambe the White. <laughs> literally <laughs> oh my god it's such a like it's one again it's a, it's a film that if you read the concept which is again why I appreciate the guys like if you read the concept you're like who in the heck wants to go see a movie about Rampage and then you watch it's like this is just stupid fun like it doesn't need to be great it's just dumb fun and he sells the character 
It works. It actually works. Oh, well, I'll have to take a look at that one then. Uh, right. I, it's true. I haven't seen a lot of the Fast and Furious movies, but I respect them for what they do to cars. <laughs> <laughs> in space. Yeah, wherever they want to do it. Or in the ocean. Respect, you clearly don't respect the laws of physics. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, out the door. Space. Space. All right. Um, I think we're all doing Tim Curry here. Uh, all right. So, Pernell, we are on to your bonus round track. Uh, all right. So, even though, I mean, oh, we'll probably get an actual third movie out of me in the in the finale track of the show. But for my cover, I had to go with another Scott Pilgrim because I couldn't decide between Techno Man and this track. So I always cheat the system by finding a cover. Um, this is a cover for the Suburban Tram theme, which is the first half of stage four in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World the game. This is composed, or rather covered by Apple Green.
Welcome back. You are listening to the Suburban Tram cover from the game Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game covered by Apple Green. They did two – it's interesting. They did two versions of this track. They did a a harder version that's more reminiscent of the track that's in the game proper, and then they did more of an acoustic version, Mm -hmm. both of which sound superb. Um, Also, just to cover myself, because earlier in the show I was like, oh, yeah, Allison Pill was totally in – freaking Umbrella Academy. No, no it was yeah. Star Trek Picard because they're very similar shows. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's me researching and forgetting. Anyway, that's right. well, Alice Pill is awesome. She's a fantastic, fantastic actress. Um, all right, so moving on. This is my um, uh, submission to the bonus round. Um, one of my favorite video game songs is uh, from the game RoboCop. Not a great arcade game. <laughs> uh, the ports of it, not so great either. Aww. But the music for the Commodore 64 and then also ported to the Game Boy as composed by Jonathan Dunn and is really emotional. I don't know why. <laughs> it makes you feel something. It makes re- you feel sand in your eyes. It's, it's the theme song, RoboCop's on the cover. You know he's going to shoot somebody and the music kind of makes you feel sad. Um, so which, shoot somebody in the crotch. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say that. <laughs> Why'd you shoot me in the crotch? I held myself back. Um, so anyway, this is. John- I have a shirt that says that. <laughs> <laughs> I almost bought That's that a, one. Well, no. What the why did you shoot me in the crotch? Because he said it was a. No, it, no. It's a good thing I didn't wear it because you guys said it's a family it's friendly a family show. show. But it, well, we'll talk about it on, on the break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, but anyway, this is uh, from RoboCop for the Commodore sixty four. Jonathan Dunn. This is arranged and performed by Andy Gilmore and Elman.
Robocop. <laughs> and we're back. That was uh, Robocop title music from Robocop Comp for the Commodore 64, composed by Jonathan Dunn. This was arranged and performed by Andy Gilmore and L-Man. Um, I love this song. It, they they took an already kind of emotional, emotionally charged chip tune and made it really, really sexy, which I'm, I'm into. Um, Pernod, have you played RoboCop in the arcade? I have not. See, it's, me being arcades back in the day had a weird relationship, whereas <laughs> I liked playing games like Magic Sword and that game where you ride on the unicycle to pop balloons. Prop mm, cycle. Prop cycle, yeah, yeah. Um, and skateboards and Ninja Turtles and Simpsons. But yeah. like not, not Ro- so much of the violent games, no, oddly enough. The uh, cartoon violence only. Oh, okay. Oh, in Revolution, that's because you shoot CDs for some reason. <laughs> oh. but I mean, like RoboCop was already itself like kind of a, a take on like American violence and like in, in pop culture and, and and also about police brutality in general. Ro- RoboCop so, is a movie I need to go back to. Like, which is I, why it's so over the top. It's like whatever yeah. the movie was you said at the beginning of the show where you, oh Hellraiser you said you saw yeah. it but it was so long ago you forgot so long ago yeah. RoboCop is mm-hmm. that for me I watched RoboCop with my dad when I was like five or oh something. my gosh <laughs> OCP it is insanely violent um, the arcade game is again side scrolling you're just shooting anything that moves in the game well kind of like ESWAT ESWAT yeah is Red Foreman the the bad guy in the video game too I I never got that far this wait game Red is Foreman impossible. was the bad guy in the movie. Red Foreman, oh, yeah. well, Red Foreman was like, uh, sorry, spoilers for like a 30-year-old movie. <laughs> oh, my Red God. Foreman, my... We might be 40-year-old at this point. <laughs> Red, Red, Red Foreman was like the uh, the criminal, like Matt, he was the criminal like boss yeah. behind, or not behind, but like he was the criminal boss that was doing the crime for the guy at OCP. It makes I forget me... which OCP guy, but he was like, I work for this guy. And yeah. again, he has some more colorful language that of course we can't, but just, just hearing red Foreman say something other than dumbass on that 70. Yeah. yeah. Other than that. Oh, are he you says just, stuff even worse than that. That's definitely um, kick people out red of basements. Foreman, that's talking about sure. that 70 show. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's the dad. Yes. That's the dad. Okay. That's his whole the catchphrase dad. on the show. Jeez, uh, you dumbass. What are you doing? Yeah, Kurt, Kurt Wood Smith. He definitely dad, did more to people than put his foot in their, their, rec- their rumps. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, very much so. Um, Paul Verhoeven. That that's that's who did the did, did the movie. Yes, Paul Verhoeven. That is another. That is going to be another upcoming theme month on Quad Pro. Oh man, a Paul Verhoeven tribute month. Let me know when you're doing. I already that. called gonna, dibs on it. Robocop. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it with you guys. Uh, Starship listen Troopers. Because um, I feel like I want to yes. see that again just for that. Because like as a kid. And even as a teenager and as a young adult, you're like, ah, fun action movie, huh? They shoot people. And, and it's even, yeah, violent. as you and get older, the critic, you get all the, the references were like jokey. Yeah, but like the, it's, you know, there's, it's all like, it's not, it's, 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 it's supposed to be over the top for a purpose, you know? And so it's like, oh, no, I get it. It's satirical. And weren't there sequels? Wasn't there like a RoboCop 3? Or was it only RoboCop there 2? Was, there was a RoboCop 2. There was a RoboCop 3. Yeah, you had a jetpack. Yeah, and RoboCop 3, that was like, total unhinged Frank Miller because it was also, a damn jetpack. It was, it was based off of a comic book, mm. but also, yeah. And the third one, Frank Miller was like the main writer behind it. And I guess he was totally fueled on eighties fuel, AKA 
nose candy. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. But he was like, yeah, we're going to imagine that OCP was bought out by a Japanese company, and now there are Japanese robots. They're going to fight RoboCop, and he has a jetpack and everything, and I am the best comic book writer ever. <laughs> scribble, yeah. scribble, scribble. There was a robot yeah. wielding a katana. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. But it was terrible. It was terrible. Even Peter Weller didn't want to be a part of it. But that was a was... very good Frank Miller impression. <laughs> Scribble, scribble, scribble. Uh, wasn't there a remake of this movie too in like the mid to mid twenty tens? Very possible, I think honestly. So. Like how they did like Judge Dredd. Yeah, and then and they stuff. yeah they did a remake. They did a they did a PG thirteen remake, wow. which was good. No, it was good. <laughs> it was good. good. Never no, mind it, this. No, man. it wasn't. It sounds divided because over there. a house divided the things, cannot stand. One of the things one of the things that made RoboCop so great was like the hyper violence as well as the satire. This oh, one, right. they made it more of a, it you know, because they made it PG. They made it PG-13, and they did the whole, they focused more on the also whole. Also, wasn't in Detroit, was it? No, it was in Detroit. Well. But they were like. They cleaned it up. That's the most but important they did part. The, they, did the, they did the more like, oh, am I human? Am I still a robot? Like, that sort of thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> because in this one, he had, a, he had a human head, and he also had a human hand. Oh, but so he did didn't he have, have that whole heart. head visor thing? Well, he did, but it could be removed. It, it was just it, no. Don't, you got to update him. It was bad. <laughs> Even Michael Keaton couldn't save that well, movie. Maybe, Michael Keaton saves a lot of stuff. Yeah, he does. Batman. He well, had maybe, bad maybe firmware, the and the toilet paper not, stuck not the to his butt. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be a good or, argumentative or, episode of the show. Or RoboCop um, marathon, and you guys just do it all weekend. Don't kill him, man. They got episodes to do. <laughs> I want these and guys to get his fist data um, spike. Uh, so anyway, th- th- this also this game also follows like the the '90s tradition of video games for kids based on R-rated movies. <laughs> that was another yeah. big one. Yeah. It's like, oh, daddy, buy me RoboCop. Like, I was like, what do you know about RoboCop? Can't Who to taught you about it? What do you have for Predator? Yes, I have I have Platoon and I have Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they also do a crossover at one point where it was like Terminator versus RoboCop? There was, like, was yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was like a Sega Genesis game called that. I think I, I, I tried to rent it at the time, and then I played it for a little bit, and my mom was like, "What the heck is this? <laughs> Take this back!" That got yeah. me. And, and not that it was R rated, but there was a Stargate Genesis game. action movie characters or horror movie characters. Well, that's Mortal Kombat, right? Because no, no, Robocop's Com- in, Robocop's in Mortal Kombat now. Yeah, but he's individual, and he was like a guest character. I'm saying I want a game oh. where it is literally <laughs> the guy from Platoon, the guy from RoboCop, the guy from Terminator, the guy from Die Hard, and they're all fighting for some reason. So or or even yeah, better, like I want Freddy Krueger. So you Jason basically want an Lark action Voorhees. hero, Super Smash yeah, Brothers. Yeah, I said Lark Voorhees. Lark. It should be like a like a like a horror movie, Smash Brothers. Yes. Yeah, like multiverse be... of horror. Like people would be into that. Yes, it would be an easy money maker. Help put Pinhead in it. <laughs> no, a, a licensing would, would, I'm sure, would be a nightmare. Anyway, for more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, where we'll have links to all of these artists, SoundClouds, and Bandcamps, and everywhere you can go download the music, uh, buy the music, and support these incredible artists. We're not kidding. Yeah, right. 
right. This is this is some good stuff. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us on episode 34-7. This is Movies with our guests, Quad Pro Quo. Yes. Matt, Guido, thanks for so much yes. for joining us on today's show. Oh, Absolutely. So fun to be here. I'm glad to hear you say that because I was like, I hope they have fun <laughs> with our show. I don't want to go like, man, those rhythm and pixel guys, they really sucked. Oh. But no, no. which is which is which is no. doubly awful because we're local, so we're kind of like neighbors. <laughs> It'd be really awkward. So I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna drive a little bit faster with my windows rolled up when I drive through Wilmington. <laughs> no, because those rhythm and pixel boys will be out there. I know where they are. <laughs> All right, so before we head out of here, because I do need to... Rob is falling asleep. I am falling apart. Um, I totally understand. So, uh, guys, a quid pro quo, quad pro... I'm sorry, quad pro quo. It's a little difficult to say. Um, where can we find you? Where can our listeners find you guys and then listen to you guys? Uh, well, um, we're on uh, RSS. Uh, basically, you just... We're on we're on all the social media. Uh, um, Spotify. Spotify, Twitter, um Facebook, all you really have to do I is just look up. Yeah, all you have to do is look up at Quad Pro Quo Pod. Wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, we're on we're on the RSS uh, distributor website um, at Quad Pro Quo Pod. We also have a link tree, I think, now. Again, we're we're not really the brains behind the operation. <laughs> we just do the fart jokes. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I think I saw you guys on Apple Podcasts. So anywhere. Yes, else? yes, we are. We're on Apple. We're on Google. We're on Amazon. We're on all of them. All That's you just awesome. have to do so, is search our name. Yeah, just search at Quad Q U A D P R O Q U O Pod. Now I gotta say before we switch gears. Start thinking if you're willing to. If you don't, I totally understand. But I want a guest on the show. Come up with a movie because you heard me ramble. I can <laughs> ramble with the best of. We should have done this in person. Honestly, this probably would have been pretty Shh, good. You know yeah. what? Yep. Totally on. Totally on board for that. All right, we can do that. Um, yeah, we could totally do like because there's there are certain movies that we want to do that we know that our spouses would hate. So maybe we could do a guest, <laughs> a one-off, a quad pro bro. Oh, we could do Fifth that. Hey, yeah, that would yeah, be yeah. fun. Fifth uh, Element. Fifth Element would be a good one. Fifth Element, RRR, maybe. Ooh, oh, mm, that's for us, bro. That's for us. But yeah. let's, let's, let's brainstorm. There could be some other right, ones, too. Let's think about that. But right? I could do Fifth yeah. Element if it comes down to it. But yeah, that, that would be fantastic. We gotta ex- yeah. Let's exchange no, information totally... like, like we got in a car accident later. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, have your have your lawyer call mine. We're gonna have all of that information also available on the notes of this website. Uh, I'm sorry, of this episode. So, on your device, on your um, on your screen, just scroll down a little bit, and you'll see information about at quad the bottom quo. of your at the bottom of your Jello pudding cup. It's there too. You just got you just got to dig deep, dig deep at the end of your look in the tea leaves pudding cup. Um, all right. So I also want to thank everyone for listening to the show, and if you want to get in contact with us. If you have a track suggestion, a topic suggestion, a guest suggestion, or if you're in a in a cover band and you want to be featured on our show, we would love to have you. We can the best thing to, to get to do to get in contact with us is to send an email. Rhythm and Pixels at hotmail.com. And for a full track listing of this episode, all of our episodes, and access to all of our episodes, go to the website, rhythmandpixels.com. You can check us out on um, Discord. We have a Discord server. It's at the top of the website. We have a 24-7, 8-bit and 16-bit radio station that used to be on YouTube until um, Square Enix said, 
no, slap this on the wrist, and now we're only on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash Rhythm and Pixels. Check us out there. Until December, hopefully. Until December. Um, OBS has been crashing on me. I don't know what's going on. So I got some maintenance to do on that that server. But that's going to be back up and running uh, for your enjoyment. Um, and if you like the show and you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is to tell people about it. Talk, talk, talk about it. Talk about it all the time. Or stay till the end of the film and watch the credits because we're in there. Yeah, exactly. It means a lot to us. Just just, just watch to the end of the film. There credits. are cut scenes also where we fight each other. Yeah, there's there's a, there's <laughs> a post-credit like scene where Purnell is um, toweling off in my basement. And, I battle with Pillsbury dough canisters. Yeah, and then there's like a Marvel character that like no one knows about. And everyone's like, oh my god, it's that guy. And Hamster Man. Hamster Man's there. Um, or you can also... And I show up and say, we need to talk to you about the podcast initiative. And then the crossroad, the next movie is all set up. Um, but oh, you can also hit the subscribe button or like the, the like button or whatever platform you're on, there's a button for it. You can also support us by going to Patreon, patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. As a member there at any level, you get access to a monthly live streamed episode where you can... Um, Act as an audience. We have a chat room. There's lots of jokes, lots of visual gags. It's always a good time. Um, there's also cool stuff. We have mugs. We have T-shirts. We have stickers. You get all that at Patreon.com/RhythmAndPixels. At the end of every episode, we like to thank all of our members who are at the highest tiers. Um, so we like to start with Brooke, um, who I, I see is in there twice, even with two different pictures. And so, it, Brooke, if you are being charged twice, I'm going to figure that out and then um, either refund you or get you some cool um, T-shirts and merch. That would be cool. I, I, cool. Think she, I think she would really like that. So thank you very much, Brooke. Thank you very much, Frankie Zappa. Thank you very, very much, Khalid. Listeners from all over the world here. Um, well, thank uh, the number one. Number one. Killing it in the alphabetical hack game. Going from top to bottom. Thank you, uh, Kristen, GameFan44. Got that Pokemon trade done. Uh, she's actually tuning into my uh, my Twitch streams when I'm, when I'm DJing. So oh, that's pretty awesome. great. Thank you very much, Kristen. Thank you, Martyrus, host of the ReVGM podcast. Thank you very much, Mike Myers, Alf Person. Alex Messenger, host of ABGM Journey, Andreas Mielberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Werma, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito, host of the Heroes 3 podcast, a podcast all about Asian cinema and Kung Fu movies. Thank you very much to Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The wise guy. Thank you to Christopher Senstrom, Chuck Kowalski, Davy Cakes, David Taylor, Enchilada Bergol, Harold Howard, Triple Jeff, Justin Schneider, host of XVGM Radio, Keith Shusterman, Dr. Michael Bridgewater, Rage Cage, host of the VG Emporium. Killing it. Fantastic show. Uh, thank you to Reinhardt Selkova, Sleepy Spore, Steve Miller, Taco, Ed Wilson, host of the VG Embassy, our podcast dad, and Zach Thornbach. And thank you all so, so much and many, many more for your continued support of our little show. We much appreciate it. Thank you kindly. Very, very much. Thank you. Um, we will be uh, submitting our podcast for MAGFest. I think the submissions are now open from now until the end of October, so I got to get on that. Oh yeah. Um, but if we're not doing our show at the at the uh, at the festival, we'll be there anyway, at least for a day, hanging out. Yeah, trying not to get sick. Oh, trust and believe. If this if this for any period of time, it's going to be for like a day. Because <laughs> have you seen the hotel lottery? No, no. It's horrible. The DJ Cutman. Um, also, DJ Cutman had his first uh, first child, and he's Aww. thinking about coming down, but he's, he's he's missed the lottery. So he's like, I might just come down to do the panel. But just might be a meet and greet with my five month year old son. And I was like, cool. <laughs> so he's not DJ Cut Dad. <laughs> cut DJ Cut Baby. Yeah, Cut Baby. So um, yeah. So uh, if you want to find us, we'll, we'll definitely be at Magfest, and I don't think there's any other um, big festivals that we're going to be appearing at anytime soon. So um, once again, thank you to Quad Pro Quo. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for spending your evening with us. Um, 
And my name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Purnell. Thank you for listening to Rhythm and Pixels. Have a great week. And remember, films, I mean, we are a video game podcast. We know, we know. And I say this as a guy who loves his video games and spends more time playing video games than consuming any other type of media. Uh, movies are pretty freaking awesome. Um, let's try to watch as many as you can, but obviously you don't have to. But if you do get into films, try to open yourself up to other types and genres and you know directors, studios, what have you. Because even if action movies may be the thing that gets your, bu- your blood boiling, your energy pumping... There's something to be said about a nice artsy piece, too, to get you thinking and contemplating the, you know, the value of life when it runs its course. I don't know. Just open yourself up to different types of media because ultimately there's nothing more, there's nothing better than being able to say, well, listen to all kinds of stuff and actually mean it. And definitely check out foreign films. Yes. They are so much better in certain instances. Mm-hmm. I 100% definitely. agree with you on that one.